Welcome everybody to episode number 47 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. We have several strengths we look for in the FDNY, but the most important is a guy who's into the job. Into the job is an attitude, an intensity, a way of approaching your work. When you're into the job, you're fully engaged. You're always trying to get experience with the latest tools and tactics. When you hear there's a second alarm in Queens, then even though you're in the Bronx, you turn on the radio to follow the operation as it unfolds. This attitude is what all great firefighters have in common. You can't teach it. It's one of those intangibles, the kind of strength you need to uncover during the interview process. I'd rather have a guy who's into the job and maybe not quite so experienced than someone with 20 years who's just going through the motions. That is, of course, a passage from the book First In, Last Out by Chief John Salka from the FDNY. And I opened this episode of the podcast with that quote because I've been getting a lot of requests for what I think a new firefighter or someone trying to get hired with the fire department needs to know. And I thought when I read that, or when I've seen that before, ones that when I read the first and last out, and then I've seen people posting it lately on various social media platforms that that was the perfect way to start a podcast about how to get hired in the fire service or what I think new firefighters need to know or, or, or do. And, uh, I mean, isn't it true? Don't we all beg and borrow and steal, for lack of better words, for someone, anyone else, to be into the job? That's what we're all trying to find. We're all, that's like the holy grail, especially if you can find an entire shift that's into the job that is willing to come to work and put in the time and not complain about it, and actually actually enjoy it, actually want to do it. I mean, that's the, that's the ticket, right? I mean, like, that's the, the holy, holy grail of it. And so as we listen to this episode of the podcast, I want you to kind of think about that, especially you guys that are trying to get hired on or your new firefighters, because this episode is for you. This episode is for those guys and gals that are trying to get started in the fire service. They're, they're trying to figure out what it's all about, and they're trying to figure out where they should go and what they should do. And for you senior firefighters, those of you that are listening to this that have already established in the fire service, maybe you're 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, maybe you're 20, 25 years on, it's for you to understand that that's the example you need to set for these new firefighters because we won't have firefighters that are into the job unless we have firefighters showing them what being into the job is all about. It's a circle. And I can tell you that as I make my journeys in the fire service, those of us that are into the job are becoming few and far between. There's a lot of people out there that are just using this as either a stepping stone for their political aspirations or a place to get their insurance while they do their true passion on their 20 days off a month. I'm not saying there aren't people that have been able to be into the job and do those things. They, they clearly have been. But what I see more and more of is people coming to work to get a break. 
And then on their days off, they're working their ass off at their other job. Because that's what they're really passionate about. They want to be business owners. And the fire service provides them a great avenue to be a business owner. So let's kick the episode off. And again, this is all stuff that I think, okay? These are things that I kick around in my head. And these are, these are advi- this is advice that I give people. In fact, I have a, uh, a cousin of mine that is trying to get hired in the fire service. And these are some of the things I've told her. Um, so this isn't something that I'm just putting together for a podcast list. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I was a little bit taken aback when people started requesting this and people have been requesting this episode for probably about a year, year and a half. And I just really never felt that I was the right person to say what it took to be hired in the fire service, because I'll be quite honest with you. I don't know if they would hire me today. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I try and, uh, and be as politically correct as possible, but I slip up and I have beliefs that probably aren't in line with even the fire department that I work for. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, so I don't know if I would even have, uh, an avenue into the fire service as it was today, or at least the current department that I work for. Um, but with that being said, I do think that there's some fundamental things that you need to do and that you need to demonstrate in order to become a firefighter and something, and these are some things that you should be doing your entire career. So first on the list of what you need to do to become a firefighter, or if you're a new firefighter, what you need to be doing, you have to figure out if this is what you really want to do. And a lot of people think that they want to do the firefighter thing. A lot of people, they're in another career or they see a television show or they, they see the glory side of being a firefighter. Or, you know, for lack of a better term, the hero side of being a firefighter. I don't really like that word, but I think a lot of the citizens, citizens throw that word around a lot. And people that are transitioning from being a civilian to being a uniformed firefighter, they still have that mentality, I think. And they, they see the hero side of it. They see the glory. They see the news reports of, you know, this fire department responded to this fire and they rescued two civilians. And they see all of that. And that's all good stuff, right? I mean, like that's that's what we're here for, right? The hero stuff is really is really like like you know we don't consider hero stuff. We consider it doing our job, but but that's like what we all really signed up for, right? Like we signed up to go to fires, to put ourselves in danger, um, you know, to, to make the stretch on the fire, to search above the floor of the fire, to to grab people, to save their life. I mean, I don't know of anybody who 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 came in, even even some of those political people, right? Like, they, a lot of them still have a good heart that are looking for their next political aspiration, right? Like, a, a lot of them still have a good heart and they want to serve people. They just didn't want to serve people in the way of the fire service, right? Like, they didn't really feel like putting themselves uh, in the day-to-day drama or the day-to-day danger. Uh, and they have chosen pathways to avoid that, but... They want to serve people in different ways through making policy and then through being appointed to political office or fire chief offices and, and things of that nature. So I really think that a lot of those people are good people but and, and good, good at heart, but they don't see the down and dirty of it, you know. And what I mean by that, so, so let's, let's delve into that a little bit. Do you really want to be a firefighter? Guess what? Newsflash. We don't go to fires every day. Maybe you do if you're in Detroit, 
Maybe you do if you're in FDNY or the whatever, but I don't know of too many fire departments that everyone in the fire department goes to a fire every shift. It doesn't happen. Some years you get lucky, and some years you have dryers. Sometimes you go years. I mean, there are people on my job today that have three and four years on that are getting ready to, that are taking an, a step because in, in my department, at four years on, you can become an acting company officer. There are people that have maybe gone to less than five fires. And soon they're going to be riding in charge of fire trucks. Sure, they've gone to emergencies. They've gone to a lot of fire alarms and a lot of vehicle accidents, a ton of EMS calls. They haven't been to very many fires. And if they have been to very many, and if they have been to those fires and those five fires, I guarantee they were driving for a couple of them, or maybe they were on the ambulance. So how many of them have they really been on the nozzle and seen fire behavior and seen all those things? How many times have they searched have they ever even put their hands on a, on a real live victim? Chances are probably not. And chances are you might can go, depending on where you work, you might can go a 30, 40-year career and never rescue somebody. Never just be in that position uh, for you to be able to make the grab, like you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I can tell you, I've been in the fire service for 15 years Excuse me, for 16 years in my current department, since I was 15 years old uh, in my volunteer department, I'm 39 now. And of all the fires I've gone to from volunteering to career departments, um, you know, been on rescue companies, ladder companies, engine companies, command teams, ride up on the battalion car, all of those things, medic units, all of those things. I've only been a part of I believe three fires where we even pulled people out and I've only ever had my hands on about three or four of them. One of them just happened to be one of those career fires where there was three victims and I had a hand in pulling all three of them out. Just how it happened. Okay. I don't know if that's lucky or just right place at the right time or, or whatever, but I can tell you that that doesn't happen every day. It certainly hasn't happened to me ever again in my career. That happened when right about I was five years on my current department. So it's been a long time since that fire. Been a long time since that fire. So that's not what's going on every day, folks. But people see that. People are uneducated that they think they want to be firefighters and go and we're going to rescue people and we're going to save people every day. That's not what happens. Do you know what does happen every day? Every day, we check out the rig. Every day, we check out our air pack. Every day, we check out our gear. Every day, we check the EMS gear. Every day, we go on EMS calls. And they range in a, from a variety of, of severity to not severity. I mean, uh, you know, and, and even some of the other stuff. Like, we just recently had an ice storm. And we got a 911 call for someone who wanted to know if we thought that the branch covered with ice above her house was going to fall. That's what she brought us out there for. Hey, do you think that branch is going to fall? Brought us out in the middle of a snowstorm, and an ice storm, to figure out if we thought that branch was going to fall. Guess what else you're going to do every day if you become a firefighter? You're going to mop the floor. You're going to clean the kitchen. 
You're going to scrub the toilet, especially if you're the new firefighter. Guess what? You're the new firefighter. You're cleaning the toilets. And you're going to clean the toilets until the next new firefighter comes. If you work in my department, that may not be very long. Um, You know, shoot, uh, I replaced, when I came into my station, when I first got hired, uh, the guy that was the new firefighter before me had only been there three months. I had to wait a year for the next firefighter to take my place. Okay. So, but, but I'm in a, in a, in a, you know, metro sized suburban fire department. We're growing. We're still going to build two, we're building two more stations. We're going to hire more people, all that good stuff. So if you're the new firefighter in my fire department, you might have to clean the toilets, but for a year, unless that person's off, then you're going to clean them again. Right. But you're going to clean those toilets every day. You're, especially if you're a new firefighter, you are going to be the go-to person. You better get the phone. You got to clean the bay floor, wash the rig, all that stuff, all the mundane stuff that people don't think we do. A lot of people think we sit around and play checkers, play cards uh, all day. I get that still to this day. I've been in the fire service since I was 15 years old. Like I said, I've never seen a game of checkers played in the firehouse. I have seen games of cards played, but usually there's some stakes on the line like, hey, Who's going to do the dishes if they lose this card game? Or who gets Christmas off if they lose this card game? That's the only card. We're not just sitting around playing cards for fun. We're not keeping track of, of tabs and, and all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't happen. We're too, a lot of us in, our, in my fire department, we're too busy. We're, we're too busy for that. We're too busy with, with all the other ancillary stuff that a lot of people don't see. Uh, we, do, uh, we don't call them business inspections anymore. Now they're... Uh, ha- commercial hazard assessments, but still, other fire departments do business inspections. Some fire departments are b- responsible for maintaining their own hydrants, so they're going out there in a hundred degree day in August, go you know turning on and painting hundreds of hydrants. Okay, that's the stuff that you're going to do every day. So you have to figure out if this is stuff that you really want to do, if this is stuff that interests you. And on top of that, we're still going to train. We're still, we're still expected to train. We're still expected to work out every, every shift. You're still expected to pull the hose lines off and to do regular maintenance on certain things uh, like your nozzles and, and, and whatnot and ladders. You know, So it's not all running into fires anymore. In fact, I, I, for a long time it hasn't been. So if you really think you want to be a firefighter, you have to figure out if that's what you really want to do. If that's what you really want to do because this if you don't, if you don't want to do those mundane things and you don't want to do those mundane tasks and you don't want to do, you know, put up smoke alarms and, uh, and pull hose when you don't have to, you know, like, like when there's nothing on fire, then you're going to have a, you're going to hate your job. You're going to absolutely hate it. It is still at the base level. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people, they're, they're even in my fire department, who are, you know, they think the business of the fire department is up there in the puzzle palace, up there in administration. At the end of the day... The task of the firehouse, the task of the fire department, the task of the fire service is still blue-collar, hands-on, period, end of story. You pull hose lines, you get dirty, you get wet, you get sweaty. If those aren't things that appeal to you, then this isn't for you. This isn't for you. Oh, and did I mention, even though you're going to see it sometimes... You're not really allowed to be selfish anymore. Because once you walk through the threshold of the firehouse, it ain't about you anymore. Nothing that goes on in the firehouse 
is really about you. It's all about serving people. It's all about taking care of the people that live in your first two district. And so if you have to go, I mean, so the other day, again, ice storm, power still out everywhere. There's a lady and, and who, and this is like, this sounds like mundane, right? And, and it sounds like, like, this is no way this is your job, but it hundred percent, you know, is our job. I think this lady is a dialysis patient. She has to go to dialysis tomorrow. And she can't get her garage door open. She's too, she's too short and too weak to pull the garage cord to roll. And she can't pick up her own garage door in order to back her car out to go to her dialysis appointment. So she has no idea what she's going to do. She has no idea. So she called us. And so we went over there, opened up her garage door, backed her car out, got a hold of her neighbor so that her neighbor can help her out the house in the morning so she can go to her doctor's appointment. A lot of people see that as annoying, but that's the help that she needed. And there was nobody else. She doesn't have, you know, I think her family lived like an hour away. She didn't have anybody else to help her. She needs dialysis. So to me, we could have easily blown her off like, hey, we don't do that. But by going there and taking care of this problem, we prevented a problem from when she doesn't get to go get her dialysis for a week. She becomes septic and then she goes into cardiac arrest and now we have to work her. So that prevented a problem in my eyes. But a lot of people don't want to do that. In fact, at first, I thought it was a little bit dumb when I read the comments on the MDC. And then, then when we got there, it was like, whoa, this lady really needs our help. Change your mindset. So even the best of us, and I'm not saying I'm the best, but even the people that really care about the job have those weak moments. And so if that's something that you're not willing to do, if you cannot be selfless, and you can't put your needs aside for at least 24 hours, then this isn't for you. This is not for you. Now, you can go home and you can be selfish all you want, but for the 24 hours you're at the firehouse, it ain't about you anymore. It ain't about you. You're going to miss meals. You know how many times I've eaten crappy hospital food? More times than I can count. You're going to not get sleep. You're going to miss birthdays. You're going to miss holidays. You're going to have to work on Christmas. You're going to have to work on New Year's while your friends are just calling sick. Just calling sick. I get it all the time. You're going to miss vacations. You're going to miss your kids' sporting events. So if you can't handle that, if you can't be selfless, at least for 24 hours at a time, you're going to fail at this job. You're going to be miserable. And I can tell you, you're not going to get rich. And we just recently, my fire department became one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid departments in our region, this Metro Richmond, uh, Virginia region. And I'm still not rich. Okay. I ain't rich. I'm never going to be rich. This is not the avenue to, to be rich. It's just not public service. And that's why they call these public service jobs. It's supposed to mean more than money. Trust me. I'm not an idiot. If you're going to pay me more money, I'm going to take your more money. But money has never been the reason when my alarm goes off at 5.15 that I get out of bed. And I know this seems like a downer to start the podcast on when we're talking about getting hired in the fire service, but I don't think that people really truly understand what they're getting into with this job. I see it every day. I see it when there's new recruit firefighters. I see when there's people that are acting. 
uh, take an acting officer school. I see it constantly that people thought the job was something that it's not. And nowadays, too, when they're teaching kids in high school, my kids in high school, my oldest son, and they're teaching these kids no loyalty. Don't be loyal to who hires you. Take the most money you can, and if someone else is willing to pay you more, quit your job and go work for them. There's no loyalty anymore. No loyalty at all. I heard someone from one of the neighboring fire departments talking about our pay structure and how he was going to quit his fire department and come work for us just because of the pay. He knows nothing else about our fire department. He doesn't know about how our operations work. He doesn't know about our administration, our county manager, our board of supervisors, our, our response plans, nothing. He doesn't know anything about it. Just the sheer money. My response to that guy was, if you're coming here just for the money, then we don't want you. That's probably the wrong thing to say to someone, but that's how I feel. If you're coming here just because of the money, then we don't want you. We don't need people in the fire service from failed professions. Oh, I really wanted to be a lawyer, but that didn't work out, so I guess I'll just settle for being a firefighter. You should, there should be no people settling to be a firefighter. This is supposed to be a calling away a life, a lifestyle. We have people who have just come in from other failed careers. They couldn't hack into what they originally planned to do, so I'll just go be a firefighter. And then they're not into the job. They're selfish people, and they don't uphold the, the standard and the mission of what we're supposed to be all about in the first place. So that's the number one on my list. You really have to determine if this is what you want to do. Because we don't need failed doctors and lawyers and and bankers and accountants. We don't need people who are going to come here and be selfish. And we don't need people that can't that can't see that this is supposed to be a job of service, not selfishness. So that's item number 1. Item number 2. You got to be in shape. And I'm not talking about just when you get the notification that you're supposed to come take your department's physical agility. If you want to be a firefighter, you need to start today. Today. I don't care if you don't even have any applications in. Go find your gym and get on a fitness plan. Go find your gym or do what or whatever. Your CrossFit gym, your Gold's gym, your Anytime Fitness, whatever. Your, your, your seal fit where they go tr- do you know stuff out in the parks or whatever. Street park. There's a million apps. Whatever it is. Start now. And don't ever stop. Even once you retire, don't stop. Because guess what? We live an unhealthy lifestyle. You're sleep deprived. We don't eat the healthiest because a lot of times our meals are on the go. So you have to work out. Plus, this job takes a massive amount of physical fitness in order to be able to execute. You can't just know the techniques. You have to be able to physically do it. And if you are not in at least halfway good shape, you're ne- one, you'll never pass any of the physical agility tests. Like my fire department does the CPAT. You know how many people we have failed the CPAT on the first event, the stair climber? That stair climber wipes out so many people. At one time, I think the numbers are a little bit down because people are starting to get wise to it. But at one time, it was like 75% of people never got past the stairs. So if you can't be in shape, even for the test, how are you going to be in shape for the 25, 30-year career you're supposed to do? 
It's impossible. You won't do it. And then you'll fail on the fire ground. You'll be that person who's always having problems with their face piece, always having problems with their air pack, can't go through more than one bottle. And a lot of people think, you know, we get a lot of ex-college athletes these days. And that's awesome, right? Because ex-college athletes, they bring something to the table, right? But a lot of these guys, they are in shape under athletic conditions. It's always nice and air-conditioned where they were. They got the best equipment and their bench press. They're, they're in shape for their sport. Guess what? It takes a little more than being able to bench press 500 pounds to be a firefighter. I'm sorry. Like, it takes more than that. What'd they, what do they say? The average uh, NFL player or the average football player, they're really only active for like 30 sec- like 20 seconds. And then they take like a 30, 45, almost minute break. And then they only have to be active. That's not firefighting. Firefighting is definitely high intensity interval training, but it's not as short as that. You might have to go minute, three minutes, four minutes at a time. Then you get a break. Then you get a break. And you got to wear heavy shit the whole time. You got to wear an air pack, all your PPE, your helmet, you're carrying tools, you're carrying the water can, you're on your hands and knees dragging all the stuff, you're searching. It's dynamic. You don't get you don't get the physical uh, toll that it takes on you by you know you don't prepare for that by just bench pressing. You prepare for that by doing different different things. You prepare for that by by like lifting uh, odd objects like sandbags and climbing stairs and wearing heavy stuff on your back. Something that these college athletes don't just do. They just don't do it. You know, anybody. I mean, run straight, run on flat ground, in a straight line. Anybody can do that. Put anybody. I mean, take your take the world's best marathoner and put them climbing stairs, and I bet they struggle. Right? I bet they struggle. Climbing stairs sucks. Okay. So that's thing number two. Start today and don't ever stop. You see a lot of these guys get out of the fire service and they die within five years because they don't take care of themselves. Fitness is something that you should start and never stop. Even if it has to, I get it, you get older. You know, my, my, my mom and dad don't run anymore. They're in their 60s. They don't run anymore, but they take walks every day. They're active. They're active. You got to be out there and get active. And if you're out of shape, you're like super duper out of shape, you're overweight, Start small. Get out there, just start taking walks. All right, I'm going to go walk. I'm going to walk to the end of the block. Okay, I have to do that for a week every day. Then you're like, all right, now I'm going to walk around the block. Do that for a week every day. All right, now I'm going to do two laps, three laps. Now I'm going to run. That's all it takes. It takes you just starting. It just takes you starting, but it's something that you got to do. You're going to be in this fire service. you got to be in shape. I see so many people that they just can't hack it. They can't hack it. They can't even get into the fire. They can't even break the threshold because they can't pass the physical agility test. And these days, while the CPAT's still hard, you get so many chances to pass it. Good God. You get so many practice sessions and so many practice tests. Back in the day when it was uh, brand new, you got practice session and you got one chance to pass it. There was no practice test. You got to go practice each individual event but then, like, you couldn't do them concurrently. Now, you can practice each individual event. You get all these different chances to practice, do practice tests, all this kind of crap. And then you, uh, and then if you can't pass any of those, then you actually get the test day. So, golly, you get so many chances. Just go work out. Just go work out. Third on the list. 
start becoming a student of the job today. It baffles me, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, it baffles me how many people don't know about what's going on in their profession. You have people that don't have subscriptions to Firehouse Magazine, Fire Engineering Magazine, Fire Apparatus Magazine, Firemanship Magazine. Like they're all, There's all this stuff out there. There's all this stuff out there. It's even all on Facebook now. Ghost Engine Company Resurrection, Stop Believing, Start Knowing, all these things that are talking about fire behavior, fire tactics, truck floor training, uh, twisted fire industries, anybody I've ever had on the podcast, Embrace the Resistance, uh, you know, everything. County fire tactics. Anything. It baffles me how no one does that anymore. When I got on the job, like when I got into the volunteer fire department, you weren't cool if you didn't have fire engineering or firehouse. Like you weren't. If you hadn't read Report from Engine Company 82, you were a chump. You weren't a real firefighter. You were a chump. Now it's like, why would I get that? It's stupid. All I know, I need to know, all I need to know, I learned in recruit school. I hear that so many times. Become a student of the job. This job is changing fast. It's changed a lot in the last three years. UL and NIST and all these uh, scientific companies, uh, 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 IFSFSI, uh, Illinois Fire Service Institute, all these guys, they're doing, I mean, they're trying to give us more information than we've ever had. UL put out a three-part study on water mapping and fire behavior and victim survivability. And I know Half my, I guarantee over half of my fire department, which is 600 people, didn't read it. Didn't, some of them haven't even heard of it. That's ridiculous. Be a student of the job. There's so many resources out there. It's not like when I was growing up, like you could get Fire Engineering Magazine, but like there was no YouTube. There wasn't even a lot of these DVDs. I was buying at Firehouse Expo at like 15, 16 years old, begging my dad to buy me a VHS tape of fires from Los Angeles. Like legit, like you now you can get on your phone and you can get fire engineering, firehouse, all this stuff. You can look up any fire video you want. People don't want to do it. Statter 911 puts fires every day. And people don't want to do it. Like it's now it's too convenient, I guess. I don't know what the deal is, but there's no way you're gonna know what's going on in our job if you're not involved in these uh, you know, just these definitive works of our trade. There's so many books out there. There's some, like there's historical fires that people have no idea about. You know, everybody knows about 9-11, but not a lot of people know about the Father's Day fire, Ford Downing and Fahey, who passed away a couple months before 9-11. Not a lot of people remember that. And that was a pivotal fire. That was a pivotal fire in our fire service history. Triangle Shirtwaist Fire. Richmond Theater Fire, Beverly Hills Supper Club, Station Nightclub Fire. When you say this in a group of firefighters today, they're baffled. They have no idea. Some of them have no idea what you're even talking about. Never even heard of them. And that's sad. So you want to be a new a firefighter, you want to get, you want to be into the job, you wanna you wanna be successful. 
be a student of the job. Start today. You don't have to join your volunteer fire department to get Fire Engineering Magazine. You don't have to go, you don't have to be a firefighter already to buy these books on these historical fires. You can get them on Amazon. Go put in the search bar, historical fire. Hundreds of books will come up. Start with read and report from Engine Company 82. Try to find a copy of 20,000 Alarms. Try to find a copy of 30 Years on the Line by Leo Stapleton. Or Commish by Leo Stapleton. Just read both of those books. They're excellent. They're absolutely excellent. All those books I just listed are. Be a student of this job. Be a student of the trade. And start today and don't stop until you're done. Just like with your fitness. Don't stop until you're done. And last on my list of what you should do if you want to be a firefighter or get hired in the fire service, be successful in the fire service. Study the department you want to work for. Don't just start spamming out different applications. I mean, I guess if you, you know, I used to have that mentality, right? Like, well, all I want to be is a firefighter, you know, so it doesn't really matter where I work. Bull crap. It matters. Okay? It matters. Because if it didn't matter, I would have stayed with the first fire department that I got hired with. It mattered. The first fire department that I got hired with was a small combination department. They're much larger now. And they're a great fire department. Don't get me wrong. I had a good time the two years I was there. I learned. Uh, I learned a side of the fire service that I, had, I didn't, wasn't very exposed to with learning how to do fire-based EMS. All that kind of stuff. But it wasn't right for me. It wasn't right for me. It wasn't my dream. It wasn't where I wanted to work. And even sometimes when you get to your dream department, it ain't always going to be perfect. I've, it's well documented. I've said it on this podcast many, many a times how that I still love where I work. I'm glad that I work there. I feel fortunate that I have my job, but that ain't, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows. We don't always get along. We don't always get along. We don't always see eye to eye. The fire chief of my organization, or chief, I hate that word, organization, got fire department. We're not an organization, we're a fire department. The fire department, the chief of my fire department, I like him a lot. I think he's a good person. I think he's a compassionate leader. He cares about his people. I've never met someone who cares, truly, truly cares so much about people. But we don't agree on every idea. We just don't. And we're not going to. We fundamentally disagree on a lot of things. Doesn't mean I, I hate them. Far from it, actually. Far from it, actually. Uh, I mean, like, he's actually one of my favorite people in the whole fire department. I worked for him uh, when he was a company officer. But we don't agree on a lot of things when it comes to running the fire department. We just don't. I would hope that means he doesn't hate me either. But... You know, and I'm pretty sure it does. It, it does. Uh, you know, we still have good conversations, even though a lot of the times at the end of the conversations, I don't think we agree. But that's okay. The mo- the the whole point of it is that just because it's your dream doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. But you've got to research it. You've got to find out what you're going into. I mean, I, I'll tell this story. I was disenchanted with the fire department I work for now, and I started applying to other places. And I applied to a fire department who their minimum staffing was two people on an engine. And I asked the fire chief why. I was like, you know, I'm interviewing for a job. And he was like, is there any concerns you've got, blah, blah, I'm like, yeah. I said, your minimum staffing kind of 
kind of makes me, you know, question whether I really want to work here. And he was like, why is that? I was like, well, it's two-person staffing is clearly below the standard in the country. Why would you elect to do that when you have the ability to change it? You know, because they had the extra... I mean, like, he chose to staff more units versus beefing up his staffing, and I, I just, I don't agree with that, right? I don't agree. And, you know, he gave the answer and blah, 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 and I just, I didn't agree with it. And so when I got asked to come down there and interview again, I didn't go. I was like, thanks, but no thanks. I can't, I can't work here. I can't, I can't work here. I don't believe in this, this staffing model. I can't come down here in a leadership role and work here. Just can't do it. Can't do it. So I, so I got out of that process. And I wish I had never wasted the guy's time or my time, to be quite honest with you. And so that gave me that perspective on, I should, I need to research these places. I need to research these departments. I need to, you know, so, and that's the advice I give to you. If you're looking, even if you're an experienced firefighter, you're looking to change departments, because that's been happening a lot lately too. See a lot of firefighters in our area jumping from fire department to fire department. Man, do the research. Find out what political climate the political climate is like. Does the county manager and the fire chief or whatever, the city manager, uh, you know, we have a county manager, but does the city fathers or the city manager or the city leaders, do they get along with the fire chief? Pull up the vote. Pull up, you know, the last the bit of news about uh, what they vote for in their budget. Have they ever given the firefighters a raise? Not that this is all about money, but do they always vote down things the fire department the firefighters want? I don't know if that's a fire department you want to go work for. What's their fire runs like? How many fires are they really going to? What's their staffing like? You may find your true happiness in the place that isn't the big city. Or the biggest department. I mean, we're, I'm the, we're the second largest fire department in Virginia. There's only one fire department bigger than us in the whole state of Virginia. And so a lot of people think that size makes it happy. You know what I mean? They think that, oh, well, I've got, I work for D.C. or I work for FDNY or, or Fairfax or L.A. Or, or, you know, wherever. And, you know, some of those guys are miserable, even though they work for what's a prestigious fire department. So those guys are miserable. You know, and you know some of the guys that work for my fire department, second largest, best paid in the region, great equipment, they're miserable. Some guys that work in the city of Richmond, historic city, has been here, you know, almost since the beginning of our country, right around the beginning of our country. So much history in Richmond, and they go to fires. They go to fires. Man, so there's people that work there that hate it. And a lot of that has to do with the political climate and the leadership. A lot of it ain't got nothing to do with the money or going to the fires. A lot of it, they, they, hate, that they're, they hate the leadership. They hate the political climate. They, hate ha- the, 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 they, they honestly don't care to serve the citizens in that city. That happens. So do the research. Do the research for the fire department you think you want to go work for. You might find some answers to the questions that you have. And so that's it. That's a list. I know it's short, but I really feel that that's the stuff. The little things, man, you know, you can do interview prep and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And But I really think the stuff you really got to ask yourself is in your heart. That's the stuff you really got to ask yourself. Is this what you really want to do? And if you do, you got to start putting the work in on the front end. 
in order to make yourself successful. You can study all the test booklets you want. You can do all the interview prep you want. You can talk to people. You can try to make connections and and build relationships and all that stuff that you read in self-help books and that people that are selling things online that are guaranteed to get you hired and here's how I'm going to do it. You know, all that stuff. But if it ain't in your heart, and you don't have a and you don't have a heart for service and and you don't you don't believe in what we do in the fire service man that's tough real 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 tough i don't know how you're going to be successful like that i don't know how you're going to be successful like that so as i start to wrap this up I wouldn't be able to do what I do without the help of some great people. Just like I'm trying to give you the perspective on how to be a successful firefighter and get hired in the fire service, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast without the help of some great people. The first is Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear, the makers of the MK1 and MK1 Ultra Fire Gloves. They're made for work. I've worn the MK1s, and now I have a pair of MK1 Ultras, and I love them. They're great. Uh, They're more durable than the old MK1s. I mean, you can't go wrong with whichever one you buy, but I'm a fan of the MK1s and the MK1 Ultras for life now. Uh, They also have the Squad 1 Rescue Glove. That's really, really good. So go to VanguardSafetyWear.com or DingusFire.com to get you a pair of Vanguard Safety Wear made for work. The second company, Taylor's Tins. Taylor's Tins makes metal helmet fronts. Those things are awesome, but but they're not just making metal helmet fronts. They're making pump cards. They're making keychains. They're making gear locker tags. Basically, if it can be made, Taylor's Tins is making it. So go to taylorstins.com, get in touch with Taylor, and he's going to give you some concept art, and you're going to love it. I'm telling you, everything I've ever gotten from them, I've got pump cards, I've got a gear locker tag, I've got a helmet front. It's all awesome. It's great quality workmanship. You can't go wrong with anything from Taylor's Tins. Go to taylorstins.com. The Burn Box, theburnbox.com, a firefighter owned firefighter subscription box that is giving you the tools and the trade from a firefighter owned companies. This thing is awesome. The last one he put out had some can koozies, some tools uh, that had the, the key tools on the end of some pliers. I mean, the metal wedges, uh, firefighter swipe tools. I mean, anything you can imagine. Uh, t-shirts, anything you can imagine from these firefighter-owned companies is going in the burn box. Go to theburnbox.com and subscribe today. IDLHtechnology.com, tacticalworksheet.com. My good buddy Andy Powell, a chief in the fire service who came up with, in my opinion, is the best tactical command board you could ever have. uh, I have gotten to the point where I like doing command from inside the car, and he has come up with some of the best stuff. His IDLH uh, command board is awesome. It is laid out the way that my brain works when I like to plug units in when I'm in command of a fire. It's awesome. Go to IDLHtechnology.com or TacticalWorksheet.com and get you one today. They also have tactical worksheets, uh, smaller ones for if you have to go be a division supervisor or you're around side Charlie uh, you know, or around whatever side of the building you're at so you can keep accountability. They have PIO tactical worksheets, basically anything that you need 
to keep accountability out of fire if you're in that command role or that division supervisor role. Again, idlhtechnology.com, tacticalworksheet.com. And lastly, the Fireground Commander Conference. Unfortunately, we've had to postpone the Fireground Commander Conference this year from March to around October. We're still locking down some of the speakers for the, the actual date and the venue. But uh, registration's still open. You can still come and see the ten, uh, hopefully 10 speakers that we had planned on uh, right around October. So if you already signed up, change your travel plans. If uh, you were pushing your registration from last year to this year, same thing. Change your travel plans. Get those shift trades, uh, but still be able to join us, hopefully, in October 2021 for the Fireground Commander Conference, our biggest and best conference yet. Go to EmbraceTheResistance.com, click on, click on the Conference tab in order to register. Also, Fireground Commander's got an Instagram, a Facebook, and a Twitter. So you can get all your updates on all the various social media platforms. So if you have any questions or anything like that, you can DM the people who do our social media, and they'll be able to get back to you. And lastly, you know what we do. Make sure you're spending one hour a day working on your physical fitness. Make sure you're spending one hour a day in the library reading about our trade, watching fire service videos, learning about fire behavior, learning about our fire service history. Make sure you're spending one hour every day doing some sort of hands-on training, putting your hands on the tools and the skills that we need to be able to do our job. You do that you'll become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, but stay aggressive. I'm out.